0: Father, we just want to thank you, Father, for this morning once again, this opportunity that you have given to us, Father, the fourth Sunday of the first month, to come together. Lord, I pray this morning once again that you would speak to our hearts. All of us here who are upstairs listening to your word and even to the children who will be the part of the Sunday School I pray Lord Jesus that you would speak that your anointing would rest over all of us and the spirit of the living God will lead us to all truth. Therefore come at this time into your hands come at this time of meditation into your hands come at the Sunday school into your hands I pray Father that in every ministry let Christ have the preeminence In all things. And therefore this morning speak to us. Anoint us. And Lord meet us all at the point of our need. Therefore we come by faith. We lay aside every distraction. And Lord we concentrate. Therefore speak O Lord. Your servants are listening. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus name we pray. I mean, Sammy, I need my adapter. In Second Timothy chapter two, verse seven, Paul says, "Think on those on the things which I have already spoken to you." Oh, I need this adapter. Think on the things that I've already spoken to you. The Lord will give you understanding. Who will give us understanding? the Lord, the Lord will give us understanding, second Timothy chapter two verse seven, very powerful verses. The Lord has to give us understanding. We need to ask God for the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we might know the hope to which we have been called. Thank you so this morning, um, remember the promise that God has given us and in in line with what we have heard over the days let 's <coughs> Let's look at today's word, I've titled this, this teaching us, hopeless is nothing, okay, there's nothing hopeless for God, okay, there is hope, as long as we are alive, there is hope, if you uh, re- read through the um, gospel accounts, um, especially the synoptic gospels, the Matthew, Mark and Luke, if you see, especially the gospel according to Mark, chapter 5, you will see impossible situations. The the guy who has been possessed by demons, the demoniac, as they call him, at Gadira, at the Gadrens, impossible situation. Absolutely hopeless case. Okay. I think one, somebody was saying, one man of God was saying, um, uh, this is essentially... Uh, St. Jude's prayer. It's called uh, the 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 patron saint of the hopeless cases. So I was talking to Sister Elsa the other day, and she was mentioning patron saint of the hopeless cases. Uh, and essentially, what it is hopeless cases, hopeless situation. Um, man who was in the tombs, living all his life. I don't know how long. Remarkably delivered by God. Lady who was suffering with an issue of blood. Healed miraculously. Not big, not, Jesus didn't say my power has healed you. It says your faith has made you whole. Hopeless case. And then you have the this little girl. Hopeless situation. Hopeless. Okay, that's essentially the promise that we that we that we uh, received, right? Uh, Joel chapter two verse twenty-five. So I will restore the years. Okay, everything is like absolutely desolate, desolation. I mean, this pattern you will see in the entire Bible: desolation, restoration, and judgment. You'll see right from the beginning. Like yesterday, last time we heard, in the beginning was God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was without form, and it was void, and darkness was covering, or on the on the surface of the deep the abyss okay you if you if you look at the exact word the abyss you'll find uh, actually in the gospel according to luke if i'm right when uh, this ga- the this demoniac of gadarin is mentioned um the, the 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 demon spirits will come and say uh, do you want us to send do you want to send us to the abyss before our time remember remarkable so and then he says God, God speaks, let there be light, and there was light. There was, there's order which comes out of chaos. Desolation, and then there is restoration. And then there is, of course, judgment. So God will restore. He has promised us, and therefore we have to cling to His promise. I mean, I don't think we have ever, as a church, received this kind of a promise, almost a unilateral promise from God. Almost. I mean, of course, it's not that we should not be doing anything. He promised, and if you believe, if you believe, it is for you. It is for us and it is for me. So, we understand the importance of prof- prophetic vision. Where there is no revelation or a prophetic revelation, people cast off all restraint, meaning they will you lose all their focus. We need focus. Especially in these last days. Where there is no prophetic vision, people perish. Okay, we cast off a, all our restraint, we l- we do not use the resources that god has given us the way he is supposed to, he, i mean the, the way we are supposed to use to uh, use them and then what we, what happens is that we go nowhere we perish in the land of promise so what restoration for what we understand this first uh, peter chapter 4 verse 2 will say that we should no longer live the rest of the time in the flesh for the lusts of men but for what but for the Will of God. See, that is, that is the purpose of restoration. Why? Because we have spent sufficient time. Okay. If you're a four year old, five year old, six year old, seven year old sitting over here. Uncle, what life did I see? How much time did I waste? Sufficient time. Okay. (laughs) Sufficient time has been wasted. Okay. (laughs) I did not even see anything. I didn't even, did not even enjoy anything in my life. Sufficient especially in this day and age sufficient sufficiently you have spent so we don't want to live the rest of our life for the for the uh, will of man but for the will of God so we don't want to live the rest of the life without purpose and we understand the purpose of the promise is to be made partakers of God's divine nature and escape the corruption that is in the world So there's going to be a lot of pull to scatter our, of our, our concentration. Let's not be distracted. Okay. Let us have that single minded focus. One thing I do, what do I do? Forget those things which are behind and press on to the upward call of God in Christ Jesus and take hold of that which Christ Jesus has taken hold of me. So this morning, We will look at one hopeless case again and see how restoration happens. Let's read a few verses from Mark's Gospel, chapter 5, and verse 21 onwards. Now when Jesus had crossed over again to again by boat to the other side, a great multitude gathered to him, and he was by the sea. And behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue came, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. And he begged him earnestly saying, My little daughter lies at the point of death. Come, lay your hands on her, that she may be healed, and she will live. So Jesus went with him, and a great multitude followed him and thronged him. While he was still speaking, some came from the ruler. This is there's an interlude, you remember? The uh, the lady who had an issue of blood, Um, she's healed, and Jesus stops the crowd and says, Who touched me, etc. And while he was still speaking to the woman, saying, Woman, your uh, daughter, your your faith has made you whole. Go in peace. The restoration has happened in her life. And then while he's speaking to her, some people come from the ruler of the synagogue's house and say, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? As soon as Jesus has heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John. The brother of James. Then he came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult, and those who wept and wailed loudly. There are professional mourners. Okay, you can hire them. Okay, they'll, they'll change their emotions so fast, from laughter to sorrow, to laughter within seconds. When he came in, he said to them, "Why make this commotion and weep? The child is not den- dead but sleeping." And they ridiculed him, him, but when he had put them all outside, he took the father and the mother of the child and those who were with him and entered where the child was lying. That's Peter, James and John and the parents. Then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Talitha kumi, which is translated little girl, I say to you, arise. And immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. He commanded them strictly that no one should know it, and said that someone should be given something should be given uh, her to eat. <clears throat> so this is essentially the that we know this passage so well. Okay, but you need to understand. Remember the pattern: chaos, or rather, desolation, restoration. Understand to whom? Uh, I mean, who's the who's the who's the product protagonist of this entire story? The protagonist is the ruler of the synagogue. It says, and when Jesus had crossed over again by boat on the other side, and behold, one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. It's very interesting. The word for ruler of the synagogue is arch synagogo, which means archbishop. Okay. Now, archbishop arch okay arch means the person who has authority and this is a type of a person like when god created adam he gave us dominion to rule okay to rule that, that was a first blessing let me tell you something what a remarkable god we have the moment he creates adam and eve Male and female, He created them. The first words that come out of the mouth of God is a blessing over Adam and Eve. Blessing. And the Lord blessed them, it says. And what did the Lord bless them with? With the power and the authority to rule. Okay. To rule. And so we have as Archbishop, if you will, the person who has been given authority, the person who he has a position but he has lost the power. He has a form of godliness, if you will, but there's no power that is flowing through his life. And what does he say? My little daughter lies at the point of death. See? Hmm. Let's look at the ruler of the synagogue. The ruler. What's his name? Jairus. You know what that means, the word means? The one who's been enlightened by God. The one who's been given the light of God. The one who has really the knowledge of God. Enlightened by God. Whom God enlightened. And he's a ruler. But what has happened? In his own home, there's no power. See? There's no power. You see, position, authority without power is useless. You have a position, but you don't have the power. You are a ruler. And you don't have the word. You are one, once enlightened, you know. The blind man who was, who was blind from his birth. Ultimate confession is, I was blind, but now I see. But what is Jairus' confession? I could see, but now I am blind. That's the position. He was a man who had authority, but now he has lost the power. He has no authority. I mean, he has a a position, but he has no power flowing through his life. He has no knowledge of God. In his own home, there is death. There is desolation. You see, what should rulers have? They should have the light of God. In Isaiah chapter 8 verse 20, it says, They do not speak because they do not have the light. They don't have light. Look at what, look at the general situation of rulers, people who were rulers during the time of Jesus. You know, you want to meet one of the rulers? One of the arches, one of the archbishops, the cardinals, if you will. There was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, the ruler of the, what's his name? Ruler? What 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 was Zacchaeus? Chief tax collector. He was also a ruler, but no control over his own fleshly lusts. The rich young ruler, but no assurance of salvation. But what are you? Ruler. Look at what he says, Rabbi. We know that you are a teacher who has come from God, and no one can do these signs except. God is with him and Jesus cuts, to, cuts, to, cuts the chase and comes to the point and he says, unless you are born again, you cannot. If you are born from above, you cannot see the kingdom of God. You cannot see the kingdom of God. You are actually blind. You don't realize, ruler, that you are blind. You don't have the light of God. And it says, in him was light. And the light was a life of men. And the darkness did not. You know the word for comprehend actually? The darkness did not overpower it. So what are you? A ruler? But you don't have the light. You don't have revelation. You do not have the light about the condition, the spiritual condition of your own home. John's Gospel chapter 3. Nicodemus said to him, how can a man be born when he is old? Can he enter a second time into his mother's womb and be born? And look at what Jesus says. How can these things be? And Jesus, you know, He ridicules them. He says, are you a ruler? Are you a teacher in Israel and you do not know this basic fundamental questions? Fundamentals you don't know. Can you imagine? A, a maths teacher who, who has absolutely no foundations and he's going to teach maths. What is he going to teach? It's amazing. What are you? You have a position, but you do not have the foundations which will build faith. And what do you have in your home is desolation. That is the reason why, if you were in one of the Saturday Saturday teachings, Pastor was saying, you know what, when when, uh, Paul and Silas started praying, what happened? The foundations will be shaken and everything that can be shaken will be shaken in your life to see how strong your foundations are. God will see. God will test us. And that is exactly the reason why you have, to, you should be facing trials. You should be facing opposition. If you are not facing opposition, you are in dangerous territory. That means you have already compromised. You are not fighting. Mm-hmm. Look at another ruler of the synagogue. You want to see another ruler of the synagogue? Look at the ruler of the synagogue who has absolutely no idea as to the condition of the state of affairs of his own flock. You wanna see? Such a man? A ruler. Archbishop. Luke's Gospel chapter 13. Now he was teaching and was 10 onwards. I love this. I mean every time I look at the word teaching, my mouth salivates. I just, I'm just zealous for that word teaching. In one of the synagogues during the Sabbath. Mm -hmm. And behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity. How many years? 18 years and was bent over and could in no wise raise up herself. That means she was coming week after week after week after week. Sitting under the teaching of the Archbishop of the synagogue. And going out with the same problem for 18 years. And are you aware Archbishop? Of the condition of your own flock? Let me ask. Myself, including including myself, husbands and fathers in this home, in this room. Are you aware of the spiritual condition of your wife? Are you aware of the spiritual condition of your children? How long have you been in the church? Do you know the struggle that your wife is going through? Do you know the struggles that your children are going through? Do you have an honest appraisal about the about the spiritual condition of your child? Are you, are you hiding it have position but they don't have any authority you know why because they don't care about the condition of their flock neither do they care about their own selves all they care about is opposition let me ask you this question this morning I'm asking myself do I know the condition of my own children the spiritual condition of my children do you know it do you know what they're going through do you ask God do you plead with God did not Rebecca go and ask God and she knew what was happening in her womb Did he not? Did she not go? Did not Jacob prophesy over his children? He knew exactly the spiritual condition of everyone. And he prophesied accordingly, even to the Levites and the Simeon. And Simeon, he said, you know what, your wrath, your anger, I do not want to be a part of your tent. Your wrath and your anger. You are the boner just of the old covenant. Sons of thunder. All you can think about is thumbs up. Spirit of infirmity for eighteen years. There could be even in your own home. In your own home, your wife could be struggling under the under the yoke of your whatever it is that you are putting her under. Including myself, we need to be really, really sure that we know the spiritual condition of the people whom God has placed us under, uh, uh, who was entrusted into our hands, especially our children. Because Jesus says, if you cause one of these little ones to stumble, it is better for you to have a milestone around your neck and drown. Commit suicide, in other words. Understand that? And look at what happens. Jesus saw her. Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity and he laid hands on her and immediately she was straight and glorified God. Now tell me something. What was he, what was he doing in the synagogue first? What was he doing? What was he doing? Teaching. What was he doing? Everybody said teaching. Teaching. He was teaching. It is a teaching which has the authority. It is a dog, it is the, it's teaching with authority. That's the reason why they were shocked. They were, excuse me. Just, just, just give him some, Sammy, this is not working, sir. uh, (laughs) Yeah, it's working now, okay, see. (laughs) And he laid hands on her and immediately, what happened to the ruler of the synagogue? Look at what he says. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with what? Ah, That's exactly what they have. All they have is what? Anger. You are under the bondage of anger and you keep your flock under the bondage of infirmity. Do you know the condition of your flock? Look at that. You know what? What what is this? This is, you know what Jesus calls it? He calls it first class hypocrisy. First class hypocrisy. Ruler of the synagogue. Look at what he says. The, the, The Lord answered and said, hypocrite. Does not each one of you on Sabbath lose his ox? And donkey from the stall and lead it away to water it. So ought not this woman, look at this now. Look at how Jesus is qualifying this woman. Okay? Look at how Jesus is qualifying this woman. This woman, ah, everybody say that? Being, no, no, what is, how is he, how is he qualifying this woman? Being a daughter of Abraham. How can a daughter of Abraham be under the bondage of the devil? And you don't know it. No, is is it so? What is what does it mean? Okay, let me just try to explain this a little more, a little more for us, okay? To understand this. <clears throat> oh, amplified says, but the Lord replied, You hypocrites, play actors, and pretenders. Okay, I like that. Now, how what does it mean? What does it mean to be a daughter of Abraham? Look at what it says in Romans chapter 9. But It is not that the word of God has taken no effect, for they are not all Israel who are of Israel. Nor are they all children because they are of the seed of Abraham. But in Isaac your seed shall be called. This—that That is, those who are the children of the flesh, these are not the children of God, but those who are the children of the promise are counted as what? Okay, as the seed. So, Galatians chapter 3 verse ten will say, Therefore, know that only those who are of the faith are what? Are the sons of Abraham and what is Jesus calling, and what is Jesus calling her? She is also what? A daughter of Abraham and that means what? She is a daughter of faith. She is a woman of faith. She is a woman of faith in your congregation. She is a woman of faith in your congregation or she is a wife of faith in your home or she is a daughter of faith in your home. And what is she? She is under the spirit of infirmity and you do not have a clue as to what, what she is going through. No, no idea. What are you? Ruler of the synagogue. Archbishop. Resign your position and go Baba. Understand that. So, you see the word synagogue, right? Okay, it's used very interestingly in one of the epistle, the epistle of James. The word synagogue. Look at what he says. This is addressed to all the rulers of the synagogue, including myself. Hmm? My brothers, Do not hold the faith, this is James chapter 2 verse 1 onwards. My brothers, do not hold the faith of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory, with partiality. Hmm? For if there should come to you, come into your, what? Uh, The word for assembly is what? What is that? In our context? Synagogue. Okay. That's exactly the word. Same word. For if there should come into your synagogue, okay, a man with gold rings in fine apparel, of course, we don't allow gold rings. Or fine apparel. We don't with degrees, let we can just change that to anything. Degrees, nice car. Okay. Fine apparel could be because nowadays you wear a car, you don't drive. Right? You wear a car, you wear an attitude. Okay. So gold rings, fine apparel, and should also, and also should come a what? A poor man with what clothes? Filthy clothes. And you do not have the discernment who is of faith and who is not of faith. You don't have the discernment. Now think about it, in your own home, one child, very smart, intelligent, IIT topper, very brilliant, you give him a mathematics problem, even as you are speaking the problem out, he gives you the solution, okay, and the other child, struggling, you know, but she, has, she or he has tremendous faith in God, whom do you get attracted to? Ah, I had it tougher. That's what we do in India. Are you genius or IS, okay? Okay, Nazrin, IS, huh? Yeah, not so, okay. Bible college. Bible college for you. You know what you're doing? You have no idea who is of faith, who has been accepted by God and who's not. You're like Isaac. Think about it, my dear brothers and sisters. How did Isaac start? Isaac started as a friend of the cross. He embraced the cross and he laid himself on the altar when Abraham was literally about to kill him. And he laid himself, he tied himself on the altar and he said, dad, kill me. I'm completely surrendered. Few years down the lane. His God has become his. Sorry, his belly has become his. Now what have, What? What are those people whose bellies have become their God? What are they now? They are the enemies of the cross. Can you imagine? You can start as a friend of the cross and now you can become the enemy of the cross by the end of your life. And what are you? Isaac. And what will you do? Esau. Esau, Esau, Esau. Please, Esau. One last time. That modern curry. See. In your own home, you have no idea. God has given you a position, Isaac, but you do not know whom should bless whom you should bless, and you're willing to bless the person whom God has cursed already. Then he said, Jacob have loved, and Esau have hurted. Do you have authority? Do you have spiritual vision? Can you seek? Can you recognize faith? Can you be resonate with faith? Can you? My dear brothers and sisters. In your house, in your home, do you know who is of faith and who is of the flesh? Hmm? You pay attention to the one wearing the fine clothes. That's exactly what a lot of mothers do and fathers do. No, worry, Baba, you, all the privileges in the home for the hardworking fellow, I mean for the intelligent fellow. What are you supposed to do? Go and clean the dishes. Anyways, you are good for nothing. See, my dear brothers and sisters, this is what we are. Truly. You know what God says? Look at what it says in the next verse. I love the next verse. Listen, my beloved. Has God not chosen the poor of this world to be what? Rich in faith. Who is she? Daughter of Abraham. What is she? Rich in faith. And what is she? She's coming to your congregation bound by the spirit of infirmity and you have no idea what is going on. That is the reason why when Jesus is standing at uh, at the offering bag, you know what it says? The Bible says, be, he was beholding those people who are putting offerings. The word for, very, the word for be, beholding is very interesting in Greek, theor, theoreo, where he was theorizing. Uh-huh, okay. I know what is your bank account and how much you're giving. You're acting as if you're giving everything. I know. You know what? You're uh, like, like pastor says, you no, know, what, what you're putting into the offering bag is Chicken feed. Chicken feed. It doesn't even touch you and pinch you. My dear brothers, do you know the condition of your flock that God has given you? Zacchaeus, when Jesus comes to Zacchaeus home, he says, today salvation has come to this house because he is also what? A son of Abraham. And what is she? A daughter of Abraham. Do you know the condition of your flock? Do you know the condition of your flock? One of these, one of the very powerful verses in Proverbs chapter 27. Look at this and underline it in your Bible. Proverbs chapter 27 verse 23 onwards. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks. Okay. This, this is just not for shepherds. Okay. This is only for pastor, not for me. Okay. This is for everyone, especially fathers and husbands. How many fathers and how many husbands over here? Raise your hands. How many to be husbands? Do you know the condition of your flock? Do you carefully attend diligently to the state of your flocks? Do you know? I don't want to go on. don't have the time you can actually do a study on this. You know why God chose David? Psalm 78, he also chose David as servant and took him from the sheepfolds, from following the eaves that had young, he brought him to shepherd Jacob, his people and Israel, his inheritance. So he shepherded them according to the integrity of his heart and guided with the skillfulness of his hands. He knew exactly, you know something Um, in my, in my school, I have different students, different, different categories of students. Some students I deliberately choose to teach. You know why? Not because I, have to, I want to teach them. I want them to teach me. I have one student, okay? I have to tell him over and over and over and over again the same thing 2,500 times. And every time I lose it on him, and I bite my tongue, And I said, Lord, you know, I come, I, 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 honestly, honestly, you know, if, if you look at my contemporaries, okay, I had two of my classmates, three of my my classmates, four classmates, ah, four classmates, I know very sure. hmm? One guy is a professor in McGill University. One guy is a professor in IIT Chennai. Two of my classmates professor is in IIT Bombay. And if you look at me now, right now, I'm teaching uh, fifth grade students fractions. And I said, you know, Lord, honestly, it's honestly, it is a school not for that person, it is for me. The challenge is to make him love math. And I said, Lord, by the end of the day, either I hate math or he loves math. And what did he do? Skillfulness of his hands. You should see how I teach math nowadays. The ideas I get. Pizza, burger, chocolate. I am thinking, I have never used such examples in my university. I just speak in parables in my university and they understand it. Here I have to sit with them. They are not interested in parables. First of all, I have to cause interest. You know, somebody said, no, you can take a horse to the water and you can't make him drink. But my challenge is to make him drink first to cause thirst. So what do I do? I put salt into his mouth. Different ways. I will tell you later on. Some people look at me in the close circuit camera and they get frustrated, but that's okay. No problem. So how did he guide them? And look at what it says. Look at what how a shepherd has to guide his flock. Ecclesiastes chapter 12. One of the, my favorite verses. Furthermore, because the preacher was wise, he taught the people knowledge and he pondered and searched out and arranged many proverbs. The preacher sought to find delightful words even to write correctly the words of truth. And I should find delightful words the moment I say, video game, oh, delightful. When I say chocolate delightful, when I say pizza delightful, the words of the wise. Look at what it says in words, uh, Ecclesiastes chapter twelve verse eleven. The words of the wise are like proding goads, and these collected sayings are, are, are like firmly fixed in the mind. You know something when I was my when I was when I was uh, growing up, some teachers used to give him, give me formulas, right? And that used to be like a. Wow, firmly stuck in my mind. It will never go out. Like well-driven nails. And they are given by what? One shepherd. Look at what it says in the TLB. I like it. TLB. The, the Living Bible. Okay. Then because the preacher was wise, he went on teaching the people all he knew and he collected proverbs and classified them. For the preacher was not only a wise man, but a good teacher. He not only taught what he knew to the people, but taught them in a interesting manner. Oh! Interesting manner. The wise man's words are like goats. So let me tell you, my dear brothers and sisters, when you have children in your own home, after you do a devotion or after they spend some time with you, are they spurred to love God? And Do they just say, Lord, I love you. Understand that. God has given us. Incredible responsibility. So, do you know the condition of your flock? Archbishops, a.k.a. fathers and husbands? Hmm? Look at what it says. How rulers cling to their position and never confess the reality. John's Gospel chapter 12. Nevertheless, even among the, what? Among the rulers, many believed in him, but because of the Pharisees they did not confess him, lest they should be put out of synagogue, because they loved the praise of men, than the praise that comes from God alone, that is the reason why you lose power, because there is no reality in your life, there is no reality so this year ask God, Lord make me true make me authentic Lord make me genuine make me true, true and true true and true True and true, through, through and through. Why, why do you think the apostles had, I mean, even, especially the apostle Paul, why did he have such kind of a confidence? You know why? Because his conscience was clear with God every time and he never sought the approval of men. And you know what he said? If I seek the approval of men, I should not be the servant of Christ. I should not be. That is the way of the cross. Understand this. Do you know the condition of your flock? Or do you love the praise of men? How people try to placate and camouflage their, their compromise in words. You know what? Men and women of discernment will be able to see through and through. So what do you know what he says? Immediately. You know what it says in Mark's Gospel chapter 5? It says, the ruler said, my child is about to die. Look at how Matthew records it. Very interesting, Matthew. And while he spoke these things to to them, a ruler came and worshipped him saying, my daughter has just died. Died. You know what that means? Look at what it says in Revelation chapter. The ruler is confessing my reality. I know. She's dead. Revelation chapter 3. To the angel of the church in Sardis, right? These are the words of him. Who has the seven spirits of God. And the seven stars. I know your deeds. You have a what? A reputation that you are alive. But you are what? Dead. You know what? know, Rul is saying, Lord. Lord. My name is Jairus. But I don't have any light. All I have is darkness. And if the light in me is, is darkness. How great is my darkness? And who is walking in darkness? My family is walking in darkness. They are in darkness, Lord. This is my reality. See, one of the things that we need to understand, if God has to restore the years that the locusts have eaten, we have to come to terms with the reality of our powerlessness and our lack of attitude and our lack of interest and genuine love for the flock that God has entrusted into our hands. That is the reason why Peter says, shepherd the flock of God. Shepherd, elders, he says, shepherd the flock of God. Not out of compulsion, but willingly. Not for the sake of filthy lucre. Not not as lords over God's flock, but by examples, by being examples. This is very interesting in Telugu. Madiri. A padiri has to be a madiri. Only then he is a padiri. Otherwise he has to resign his position and go relinquish. And say I am not. Understand this. Otherwise God will say, you hypocrite, you pretender, he will call you. Think about it, he says. Look at this daughter of Abraham, daughter of faith in your own home. And what are you doing? You're destroying her faith rather than helping her out. You have no light. You have no light. All you have is intellectual gyan, the gyan of this world, but no revelation of God. That's exactly what happened to Eli. And what happened to his sons? It says the revelation the, the the lamp was about to die in the holy place. It was flickering, and, I was, and what have what have your children become? They've become what sons of Belial. Sons of Belial. For I have not found your deeds complete in the sight of God. So remember and take heart the lessons that you have learned. Repent. Change the way of your thinking. And then again, he goes on to say, strengthen the toast, those things which are about to die. Otherwise, I will come quickly in an hour that you are not aware. So understand, come to, your, come to terms with your reality this morning. Lord, say, Lord, I don't have any spiritual strength. I don't have spiritual authority. I don't have power. All I have is a farm. But no power, no authority. What will be your Testimony of your daughter is very will be a very interesting testimony. Honest testimony of your fa- of your son will be very interesting. Your testimony from your son
1: or your daughter or your
0: wife is very important because they are closest to you. And then, of course, next is the spiritual elders, elders that God has placed you under. Ultimately, because you know what. God is going to ask recommendation letters from your your pastor. Do you know that? Because he says, they have been entrusted into your hands because they guard for your souls, it says. And therefore Paul says, I have no man's blood in my hands. I have given you the whole counsel of God. Either you like me or you hate me. Thank God. We have a God who helps us, right? While he was still speaking, some came from from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the teacher any further as soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken? Very interesting what the ASV says. The ASV and the other, some of the translations also use will use this rendering. Mark's Gospel chapter 5 verse 36. But Jesus not heeding the word that was spoken by those people who came from the house of Jairus. They did not heed, not heed. Okay. What is the next lesson? Shut down all export advice. Okay. Shut down what? Export advice. If you want the promise of God to come into your life, what is the use now? There is a saying okay. in Telugu. If your hands have burnt already, what's the whole point in, in, uh, Holding on to leaves which will, which will cure you. But let me tell you something. God creates what? Everything what? New. He's a God of, if any man is in Christ, he's what? New creation. New creation. Shut down all expert advice. You know what Jesus says? He ignored the words the experts have spoken. There are so many experts, my dear brothers and sisters. They will tell you as to why this promise is not going to be, uh, it's not going to ha- come, uh, come to pass in your life. It's very interesting. Those people who are not, not a part of the church, they call me and they say, you know what, pastor? This promise that God gave your church, God gave me 15 days before the th- 31st night. And when and I was following your message online. And when pastor was telling this, this particular promise, my spirit leaped inside of me because God has already spoken to me. This very promise. I mean, it's amazing. That's the reason why a prophet is not what? Honored is in, in his own? Oh. People online. Now think about it. If I were to ask you this question, an honest appraisal for all the people who are sleeping here this morning. If you were to ask you in, the, in your heart, do you believe the promise that God has given you this year? Ask. But are you holding on and hanging on to expert advice? 2nd Kings chapter 7, they will tell you as to why it is impossible. Then Elisha said, hear the word of the Lord, thus says the Lord, tomorrow about this time a sea of flour, fine flour shall be sold for a shekel and two seers of barley for a shekel at the gate of Samaria. It's going to be a done deal. You know what it says? So an officer on whose hand the king leaned, answered the man of God. Who is he? Officer. What is he? Ruler. What is he? Archbishop. Look, if the Lord would make window, windows in heaven, could this thing be? And he said, in fact, you shall see it with your eyes, but you shall not eat of it. In other words, you know what God is telling? If you don't believe the promise, you will see the promise coming, into, coming to pass in other people's lives, but you will not experience it. You will not. You know why? Because you are leaning on to expert advice. Your own expert advice. Romans chapter 4. But also those who are of faith of Abraham who is the father of us all as it is written I have made you a father of many nations in the presence of him whom he believed God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that are not as though they are. Who contrary to hope in hope believed so that he became the father of many nations according to what was spoken. So shall your descendants be. So what happened? And not being weak in faith. He did not consider his own body already dead. Nor the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver in the promise through unbelief. But was strengthened in faith. And gave glory to God. In other words, he shut down all those advisors which we can faith. Okay. Immediately they will say, no, there is no promise. All promises are yes and amen in Christ Jesus. Huh? What is God speaking one specific promise like this? He doesn't do things like that. Who told you? Who told you? Who told you? You know what you're doing? If you lean on the arm of flesh, God says, you will see the promise coming to pass in other people's lives, but it will not come to pass in your life. And I don't want that to happen for any one of us. Shut down what? Export advice. There is a lot of export advice. They will give you psychology. Psychology. One of the things that I've... Really, really, you know what? Even in my class when I used to teach, I should not believe in psychology. Honestly. When I used to teach my class, I should not, I wouldn't, the, the attention span, all these nonsense, I never should believe in. Because you know what? If the class is interesting, if your people come prepared to the class, doesn't matter. The problem is you are not, you never come prepared to the class. It's all bouncer for you. Understand? There is no preparation. There is no eagerness. Eagerness. According to the faith, may it be done unto you. Just imagine, no? Somebody said, no? Two blind men came to Jesus. And Jesus asked him, what do you want me to do for you? And you know what they said? Lord, please allow us to see. And you know what Jesus said? According to your faith. No, just imagine, one guy said, you know what? I have faith, but maybe only one eye will come. So he will, he will have only one eye. And the other guy like said, I Philip, both, both eyes will come. And he has what? Two eyes. So one fellow will say, you know what? He starts the church with the one eye. The other fellow will start the church with two eyes. And they will start, constantly start fighting with each other. One of the things that you, you cannot see is unity among believers. I mean, that you should have unity apart from truth. Remember one man of God said, no, uh, he was living in, uh, uh, he was, th- this, this guy was captured from an island. He was lost in that island. Years later, he was captured from the island. There were three huts in that, high, uh, so two huts in that island, apart from another hut. He said, what is the, ch- what is the place? He said, that is the church that I used to go. And he said, what is this one? This is the church that I now, now go. How many people in a congregation? Only one. Only one. Church of one eye, church of two eyes. According to your faith, let it be done unto you, today, this morning. your experts. If you are an expert, you will go blind. You know why? That is the reason that the Pharisees, Pharisees said, are we blind also? He said, if you were blind, you would see. Now that you said you see, you can see, you are blind. All experts will go blind today. If you are an expert, join the bandwagon. I don't want to be an expert. I don't want to get these worldly ideas into my system. You know what? I've shut it down now. I've actually, you know what? Started reading the Bible more than any other book now. Even commentaries. And if I have to read something, I will ask pastor what to read now. He will say, read direct Prince. I will read direct Prince. I don't want to waste time on any other subject. Honest confession from a preacher. Not me. One preacher. I don't want to mention the name. You know what? In uh, in uh, in, uh, in generally mainline denominations, you know what they have? They have what we call a scripture reading. No the scripture reading. They have to come give somebody some fellow who doesn't know where the uh, chapters are. Scripture reading. Okay. So one guy comes to the stage and he starts reading scripture, and there is one guy in the congregation who's a believer who's come from uh, his 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 faith, but he's struggling with homosexuality. And he was walking on the on the road and he finds this church and he walks into this church. And he, when he walks into this church, this layman is reading. What is he reading from? He's reading from Psalm 107. You know what? Psalm 107, one of the verses it says, Let the redeemed of the Lord say so, etc. And he says, You know what, I'm redeemed, but I'm struggling with homosexuality. And the next verse would say, He all he makes all the crooked people straight. And when the moment he hears the word straight, he says, Hallelujah, Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, you spoke to me. After that, preacher came and gave an exposition, which was the most boring exposition. And he said, please, preacher, stop. I want to, I got my word, I want to go. Struggling with homosexuality, one layman comes and reads, "All crooked people will be made straight." That's it. He was struggling with homosexuality. Now he's made straight. He believes the word. The anointing hits him, and he he's been delivered from the spirit of homosexuality. And one guy comes and pours cold water on his deliverance, and gives him expert advice. Please, 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 shut it down this year. Shut it down. Be indignant. And be jealous about the promises of God in your life. You know what? The kingdom of God suffers what? And violence and the violent take them by force. You know, this week, many of us were ill. Boy, I was getting fever, No, slight fever. I was getting upset about it. I said, I'm going to fight it. I'm not going to give fever an inch in my body. Two two in the morning, two in the morning, I get up and I said, no, no fever into my body. I fight the fever. I will not allow it to come into my body. Experts will give you. They will give you the variant. And they will give you an analysis. The DNA samples. And they will write you a paper. Which is good for nothing in eternity. All the papers will burn. You know that? All the papers will burn. Because, 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 you know why? Not because papers are bad. We have a new heaven and a new earth. What do we have? New heaven and a new earth. Newton's laws will not be there in that earth. I think. Okay. So all your Newton's laws and your Einstein's theory of relativity, everything is gone out of the window. String theory, papers, MIT, Harvard, UC Berkeley. Huh? What is that? Other other university, Yale, Pale, everything. All your experts new heaven, new earth, righteousness dwells in that earth. I do not even know what loss will govern that. I think all the moral loss will become physical loss. Can you imagine? Transform all moral loss into physical loss. The purest will be flying with Jesus. So in other words, the gravity will be directly proportional to your purity. Your gravity is directly proportional to your purity. Less pure, earth will attack you. Boom! Put that in your spiritual pipes and smoke it, my dear brothers. Okay? So, wasting time on all these moral laws and writing your papers. From a PhD, I have to he- eat humble pie. And all my friends will be so upset that Vijay is saying that. No rewards. Only thing which excites me is like, no, you know, things which fly, which I like it. Because you know why? Law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set me free from the law of sin and death. I want to fly. There's a law. That will be a different law altogether. So shut down expert advice, my dear brothers, and close your ears when people are coming and giving you expert, expert advice. Sorry. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. So if I avoid you, know that you're an expert. <laughs> Sorry, okay. I love you guys. I love you. I love you. <laughs> oh, because everybody has an opinion, Baba. Oh, everybody's an expert. Hmm? Then, third lesson. God is not troubled by your repeated coming. Third lesson. What is that? What is that? What is that? Why to trouble? expert will say, why to trouble the teacher anymore? This is hopeless situation. God is not troubled. God is not troubled. That is faith. You know what? 18 years, that woman came. Maybe this maybe this year, maybe this, this Sunday, maybe God is going to heal me. Maybe this Sunday, God is going to heal me. I'm a woman of faith. I cannot live like this. I, I know that I'm a child of Abraham. I cannot experience this life of defeat. Defeated over and over and over and over. Lord, touch me. Lord, touch me. Lord, touch me. Lord, touch me. 18 years going back to the synagogue. How many of you will go back to the synagogue for 18 years? You know what we are people who give up so easily, who have no spine for the spiritual, my dear brothers and sisters. We are living in this such day and age. God is not troubled by your repeated coming. Look, look at one man who is, actually is a hopeless situation. He also he God said, "I'm not going to hear you." Yeah, exactly. Look at his words. 2 Samuel chapter 12. Then the servant said to him, what is this that you have done? You fasted and wept for the child while he was alive? But when the child was di- died, you arose and ate food and he said, while the child was alive, I fasted and wept for I said, who can tell? That is the reason why. Who can tell what God can do? Who can say of his love for you? In the mighty name of Jesus, you have the what? The victory in the name of Jesus. In the name. So don't quit. Don't quit. God is not troubled by your repeated coming. You know something, I love my children if they come back to me over and over and over again because it shows me, actually I don't, sorry, I don't think so. I I love my children coming back to me over and over again with the same issue. But God is not. God is not. Even That is the reason why it says, even a mother can forget her suckling baby, but I know I have loved with you, what? I have loved you with a what kind of a love? Everlasting love, and I have drawn you with my loving kindness. Daughter of Abraham, son of Abraham, don't give up. Don't give up. The day of deliverance we don't know, but keep coming. Don't let your repeated coming, you think, and that is the reason why it says, men ought to always pray and not lose heart. But the Lord says, when the son of man comes, how will he find faith? Or will you let the experts pour water on your faith? Who can tell? Shut down expert advice. Verse five, this is one of my favorite points. And he permitted no one to follow him except Peter, James, and John, the brother of James. Everybody read that. No, I, come on, quickly. And he permitted no one to follow him. No, Think about it, my dear brothers and sisters. This is the son of God himself. And he's absolutely careful who is going to be a part of his inner circle. Very, very careful. Understand? Everybody read this. Follow faith. What should you follow? Faith. Whom should you follow? Whom should you follow? I will tell. I will tell you should follow Peter, James and John. Who are Peter, James and John? Like yesterday, Pastor was saying. No, Peter, James and John are individuals. And there are also patterns. This is Jacob. This is Peter. This is James. This is John. Who is Peter? Peter is a man of with a lot of mistakes. But one thing he has. He has the capacity and the guts to take guts. To, to, to take risks. What is that? The guts to take risks. Matthew chapter 14, Matthew chapter 14. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, if it is you, bid me come. Peter said, God said, come on, walk now. No, we always look at Peter's failure. You know something? The church is full of two kinds of people. You ask any pastor, what kind of a person you want? A person who is full on fire for God and makes a lot of mistakes. And a person doesn't make any mistakes and doesn't do anything. What do you want? And what will they do? They will write thesis on how other people have made mistakes and published papers. Oh, no, 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 no. Look at what he has done. Oh, they are saying like this only. They are like this only, but you know what? Oh, they are, they call themselves pastors, but they are thieves. Who told you? Who told you? No, tell me, who told you? You are a big thief. Do you pay your tithes? You are a, you are a p- person who doesn't pay your tithes regularly. And you have the audacity to come and say the person who's preaching has, is a thief. Who told you? He, no, think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Think about it. Okay. Think, think about it. Jesus circle. How many disciples? Twelve. How many thieves? Ah, one thief. So what is the majority? What is your majority? What is your majority? You're always looking at thief because you're a thief. You're a batch. I'm telling you my dear brothers and sisters, you have critics who do nothing. And they will say, we should not be like this. They will say, what should I be like? should I be like then? Like you? Mm-hmm. What should I be like? He failed. But he took risks. He trusted God, albeit for a short time. But I want to follow that. He made mistakes, but I want to follow that faith. But do you have, because you have nothing to offer. What is your, where is your tempi, uh, uh, tiffin box empty? You can't feed me. And if somebody is feeding me, you don't want me to eat from that, 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 plate, that plate. What is your problem? Well, my dear brothers and sisters, we have, we have, we, can, we should come out of the latitude. Donga batch. Oh, the thief on the cross did not baptize, get baptized. Jesus got baptized. The thief didn't get baptized. Which batch are you? Jesus batch or Donga batch? Always concentrating on Dunga. You know, that shows what your heart is. It's a reflection. Because out of the abundance of your heart, the mouth, and by your words you will be what? Justified and by your words you will be condemned. Second, follow people who don't get offended. What is that? Huh? Because, look at what it says. Matthew chapter 16. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. Far be it from you, Lord. This shall not happen to you. But he turned and said to Peter, get thee behind me. Satan, oh my goodness, if I call you today. Satan, out. Think about it, no? Think about it, think about it, think about it. What will your reaction be? The point is, can Jesus call you Satan? Can Jesus take the liberties of calling you anything? Knowing that you are not get offended? It is not that he will not call you. If he calls you respected Nicodemus, Dr. Vijay Takota, I tell you please, if he calls me those names, then I know. Boy, there is something wrong with me. Oh, you are having all kinds of good qualities, but you know, this is not very good in you. Please leave her alone, Judas. She has done this for, her, for my burial. She has anointed my body before my burial. She has done it. The poor will always be with you. What happened? Immediately Satan entered into Judas and he went out and he betrayed Jesus. Follow those people who don't get offended. Follow those people. Huh? In other words, there is transparency. You know what? People can say anything. You have a thick skin. What do you, what do you have? Oh, ma, you do not know what they said to me today. And you delve on it for the rest of your life. Finished. Gone. Move on with God, my dear brothers and sisters. Move on. Move on. You know what you should say? You should be like, you should be like Peter. Hmm? Therefore, many of his disciples, when they heard this said, heard this, they said, this is a heart saying, hard saying. Who can understand this? Jesus knew in himself that his disciples complained because uh, he said to them about this. Does this offend you? From that time, many people, disciples, turned back. It is a triple six of the Bible. Six, six, six. John's gospel chapter six verse sixty-six. From that day onwards, many disciples. What happened? The spirit of the antichrist entered into them. That is the reason why John says they went out from us because they did not belong to us. What were they? They were disciples. That is the reason why in every church you have four kinds of people. You have Alexander the coppersmith, coppersmith kind of a people. Alexander the coppersmith. The beginning is waste, ending is waste. They always resist the word. What are they? They always resist the word. Second, you have the mark kind of a people. The beginning is very, very good. Oh, sorry. Their beginning is not very good, but their ending is okay. They get offended because of the word, but they come back. And there's Dimas. The beginning was fantastic. End was messed up. And then there is Luke. You know what it says? Only Luke is with me. Only Luke is with me. Everybody has forsaken me. What are you? Do you get offended? Follow faith. So this year, if the promise has to become a reality in your life, get rid of offense, my dear brothers. Follow those people who don't get offended. Follow those people who are transparent. Follow those people who are willing to take risks with God and who are willing to face embarrassment and who are willing to fail and who are willing to accept that they have failed. Peter, James and John. Who's James and John? I like them. I like them very much. You know what they are are called? Simon, Mark's, Mark's Gospel chapter 3 verse 16. Simon to whom he gave the name Peter James the son of Zebedee and John the brother of James to whom he gave the name okay, which comes from actually the Aramaic word son of Roth sons of Roth the word is used in the context of Nebuchadnezzar remember Nebuchadnezzar he was full of indignation, what what was he indignation for? indignant about? because you do not bow to me and bow to the idol so send them into the fire and after that they were saved he is also indignant No. If anybody says one word against the God of Shadrach, their house is what? The man is full of action only. Full of zeal. He has got zeal for God. That is the reason why in the Gospel according to John, John, John records when Jesus goes into the house and he cleanses the temple of all the people who are selling merchandise, it says the disciples remembered what? The zeal for the God's house consumed him. Look at what it says. Mark's gospel chapter 9. Look at the zeal of John. The zeal of John. Now John answered him saying, Teacher, we saw someone who does not follow us casting out demons. Stop him! Stop him! Stop him! He should be following you! Hmm? Number chapter Do you see a parallel? In the New Old Testament? Numbers chapter 11. And a young man ran and told Moses and said, "Eldot and Meldot are prophesying in the camp. So Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, one of the choice men, answered and said, Moses, my Lord, forbid him! Stop him! And Moses said to him, Are you zealous for my sake? Are you zealous? You know what? Follow people who have zeal. What do they have? Zeal. Follow people who are willing to take risks for God and not afraid to fail. Follow people who don't get offended. Follow people who have zeal. Follow people. In other words, they are zealous, zealous for the purposes of God and for the interest of the God of God and for the interest of the master. What are they zealous for? Their interest for the purposes of God and for the interest of the master. Look at what it says in Proverbs chapter 27, verse 18. One of my favorite verses of late. The more I read it, the more I get excited. Proverbs chapter 27, verse 18. Look at what it says. Everybody, let's read it now, okay? He who tends the fig tree will eat its fruit. And he who faithfully protects and cares for his... Will be what? Honor. Do you protect for your master? You know what? They protect the name for the master. They protect the interests of the master. They are absolutely zealous for the name of the master. They may be, their zeal might be misplaced, but they have zeal. Do you have zeal? You don't have zeal? only people who have zeal, you know what God can do? He can entrust souls into their hands. Because you know why? Because they will protect the interests of the master. And what is the interest of the master? Souls of men. What is the interest of the master? Souls of men. You know what God does? Jesus does to John. You know what he does? John's Gospel chapter 19. When Jesus therefore saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing by, he said to his mother, woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, behold your mother. And from that day onwards, that disciple took him. You know what? John, I'm entrusting a precious soul into your hand. I trust you. I trust you with a soul. You know why? Because all the wealth of this world cannot be compared with what? One soul. That's all. Can you be interested? Let me ask the wives over here. Are you zealous for the interest of your husband? Are you zealous? Can the husband say, my wife, Proverbs chapter 31. Bah. Hi. Hello. Somebody's laughing, huh? boo, boo, bo, boo. You see, so let me tell you honestly something. Okay, this is on a serious note. The place, the, 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 the church of God is not a place to point fingers at anybody. It is a pointing of fingers at yourself. That's it. And do you want deliverance in your life? I mean, I'm, don't, don't misunderstand me. I'm telling you honestly, you want deliverance in your life? God is speaking to you. If you say, you know, my wife is not here today. If this message is for her. God deliberately made sure that your wife would not come. So that you would hear the message and you know for sure the message is not for her. It is for you. Understand this. We start laughing. See, we don't have the capacity to take correction. That's what I'm saying. You, don't, you get offended. When you look at somebody and you feel that that person is less, super, less spiritual than you, you feel better. Huh? As I'm, Thank God I'm not as bad as the other person. Solace. Ha ah. ha. Kitna hai Two zeros. I got, you only got one zero. I'm better than you. Both of you got zero. And what, how much did you get? Half zero. Sunnah, arasunnah, visarga. All zero only. What is the comparison between zeros, Baba? I like the example that Zakpunan gave. Everybody is a zero only when Jesus comes and puts the one on the other side. Then you get value. And if you point fingers, Jesus will let you be a zero. You are Herod. What does Herod mean? Hero in appearance only. But a big zero. Herod means actually in the appearance of a hero. In the appearance of a hero, that means he's a first-class Hollywood actor. He's an angry young man on screen, but a goose outside. Understand this? Revelation chapter one. Look at what it says. I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. I was in the spirit on the Lord's day. I was in the spirit. I did not give up. I did not give up. I thought my life is over. But what is the whole point of Lord loving you and serving you when everybody has rejected me and you have put me in this this island. Nobody to fellowship. Nobody to talk to. You know what he said? Even on the day of the Lord, on the island of Patmos, I will be in the spirit worshipping God. You know what God says? John, I know you. Follow people who don't give up easily. What did I say? Ah. Follow faith, my dear brothers, this morning. Mark's Gospel, chapter 5. He came to the house of the ruler of the synagogue and saw a tumult and those who wept and wailed loudly. When he came in, he said to them, why make this commotion and weep? The child is not dead, but sleeping. Very interesting how Matthew renders the same passage. Look at this, okay? You should really, really enjoy how Bible is so beautiful and so precise and concise. Matthew chapter 9. When Jesus came into the ruler's house and he saw the flute players and the noisy crowd wailing, he said to them, what? Make room. Get out. Out, 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 out. Make room here. Make room, make room, make room. What does it make room means? With The very word make room means withdraw to a solitary place with God. In the midst of commotion. There will be a lot of commotion around. There will be a lot of distractions around. In the, in the midst of a lot of distractions, a lot of commotion, a lot of unbelief. Make room for God. Make room for God. Look at what it says. Make room. The next lesson. Make room. John's gospel, chapter 6, verse 15. Look at what it says. Therefore, when Jesus perceived that they were about to come and take him by force to make him king, you know what he did? He departed again to a mountain by himself. He made room for himself from all the attractions and the distractions of the crowd. And he said, Lord, I want to spend time with you. Make room. Make room. That's exactly what pastor was saying, right? Right from this from this year. Spend time with God in your secret closet of prayer. I I may study this word if you heard online. It will be an unusual driving of the Holy Spirit into the secret closet. Your prayer life has to change. Make room. Make room. And if you cannot make room, go to your bathroom and make room there. Remember uh, Susanna Wesley? One room apartment. The moment she put her apron, that's it. She made room. That's it. In the midst of 18 children. Med room. Oh, I'm so busy. You're king. How, how many of you kings over here with a lot of administration responsibilities? Anybody? Nobody. Bah. Hmm? I want to show you a king, tremendous administration responsibilities. You know what he does? Very easy to remember this verse. Psalm 119, 164. 9 plus 2, 11. 1 plus 6 plus 4, 11. Okay? Look at what it says. Seven times a day I praise you. What are you? King. The whole weight of the kingdom is on my shoulders. But what do I do? Seven times. I make room for God. Oh, my dear brothers and sisters, I am telling you, you know, a lot of people are super busy. They are busy than God. This year, say Lord, I want to make room because you promised Lord. You promised Lord. This is a tremendous promise and I don't want to, I don't want this promise to pass me by. I want to make room. Make room. Daniel chapter 6. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room with his windows open toward heaven, who is this? The IAS officer Numero Uno of Babylon. Numero, you know, everybody has to come to da- Daniel for, for so solutions to the problems. Financial, administrative, spiritual also. And What he says, he knelt down his knees, how many times? Three times. Let your posture change this year in your secret closet. Let your posture change. Not in public, in, in, in private. Go on your knees. If you need be, fall flat on your face before God. Make room. Look at what it says. He, he, knees three times, prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since what days? Since holidays. Make room. Make room for God this year. Midst of commotion, midst of all these people who are asking for your attention, say, Lord, I don't want to work. I want to rest in you. I want to spend time with you. You know something? God will begin to speak into your spirit man. Where? Spirit man. That is where actual revelation comes. Let me tell you something. You have the outer, outer courts, right? Outer courts. Then you have what? the holy place in the holy place you have the shewbread you have the altar of incense and you have the the golden lampstand with the anointing oil and the only light in the holy place is the golden lampstand which is shedding the light on the life of Christ with the shewbread and once you have submitted your will to god and once you have transformed your mind by the renewing of the by the by renewing your mind by the word of god you start praying and you know what happens your prayer will rise like incense but that is still where in the holy place in the most holy place Who goes into the most holy place? Priest. Who is supposed to meet God where? Between the mercy seat on the throne. There is a king on the throne who is going to speak. And if you want to hear God speak, where should you go? Not the most holy place. It is in the most holy place. And you know who goes there? Only the kings and the priests. And we are all kings and priests. We are all. We are all kings and priests. That is where God will directly deposit his word into your spirit man. Direct deposit. And that is an experience. Three times. So make room for God. And they ridiculed him. But when he put them all outside. What is that? He put them all outside. Make room. Next stage. Cast out all the mockers. Cast out all the mockers. You want the promise of God to come to pass into your life. Cast out all the mockers. Who are the mockers? These are the people of the fresh flesh. These are this is Ishmael in your life. Galatians chapter 4, verse 13. Now we brethren, as Isaac was, are children of what? Promise. What are we? Children of promise. What is the promise for us? I will restore. But as he who was born according to the flesh then persecuted him who was born according to the Spirit, even so is now. There will be a lot of Ishmaels. Nevertheless, what says? Nevertheless, what is? What does the Scripture say? Who saying? Scripture saying. Who said it actually? Cast out the bondwoman and his, and his son. Oh, look at what it says. Genesis chapter 21. And the child grew and was weaned, and Abraham made a great feast on the same day that Isaac was weaned. And Sarah saw that the son of Hagar, the Egyptians, whom she had borne to Abraham, scoffing. Therefore she said to Abraham, Cast out the born woman. Who said it? Sarah said it. But what does Paul say? Who says? Scripture says. And scripture can't be broken. Cast out all those people who are mockers. You know why it says, Bible says, in the last days who will come, scoffers will come, walking according to their own lusts and saying, where is the promise? Where is the promise? Everything is the same. The troubles are only increasing. Nothing has changed in your life. You know something? The kingdom of God is like that. That the farmer who plants his seed and he slept, it says in Mark's Gospel chapter 4. He plants his seed and he slept. And after he woke up, suddenly, after a while, you know what he saw? He saw the root, he saw the 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 flower, and he saw the grain, and he said, when did this happen? Wait, in God's appointed time, it will come to pass. That is the reason why the Bible says, blessed is the man that walks not in the counsel of the Ungodly nor stands in the seat of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful, but his delight. Cast out, change, throw away all the mockers from your life. Then he took the child, Matthew chapter five, Mark chapter five, verse forty-one. Then he took took the child by the hand and he said to her, Talita kumi, which is translated, Little girl, I say to you, Arise. He took the child by the hand and said to her. And what did he say? I say to, I say to you, arise. If Jesus says, what do we do? What do we do? We also say along with him. What do we do? We also say along with him. Confess along with Jesus. Confess. Confess along with Jesus. That's what it says. He believed and he confessed. Who believed and he confessed? Abraham. Romans chapter 4, now it is not written for his sake alone that it was imputed to him, but also for us it shall be imputed to us who believe in him, who raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead, who was delivered up for for, because of our offenses and was raised again for our justification. Therefore he says he is called the apostle and the high priest of our confession. And he said, Lord, speak into your situation. I say, Lord, let it arise. Confess along with Jesus. The miracle is simple. Very straightforward miracle. And it is restored. The next part is very difficult. Mark's gospel, chapter 5, verse 42 onwards. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age. And they were overcome with great amazement. That's exactly what happens. The moment you see new life, you know what happens? People will be overcome and astonished. Look at Vijay, how he was and what he has become. Look at this man, how he was and what he has become. Look at Saul, how he was a persecutor of the church. Now, the preacher of the gospel and defender of the church. But he gives them two warnings. Verse 43. But he commanded them strictly that no one should know and said that something should be given her to eat. Last one. Read that everybody. God and nourish. God and nourish. God and nourish. Because what are you know? Little girl. What are you? Little girl. What should what should little children be done for two little children? You have to protect them. Protect them. Okay? Protect them. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1 onwards. Finally, brothers. Pray for us that the word of the Lord may run swiftly and be glorified just as it was with you, that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men, for not everyone has what faith, and then it goes on to say, but the Lord is faithful, who will establish you and guard you from the evil one, and we have this confidence in the Lord concerning you, both that you do and And will do the things we command you. Now may the Lord direct your hearts into the love of God. And into the patience of Christ. That is the reason why. Let Continuously keep praying. Lord lead me not into temptation. But deliver me from the power of the evil one. Guard me Lord. Guard me. First thing. Guard. Second thing what? Nourish. What does nourishment mean? John's gospel chapter 5. John's gospel, chapter 5, verse 14 onwards. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin, what? No more. In other words, you have to be taught as to how to overcome sin. So that you will not be destroyed. The promises of God will not be destroyed in your life because you have not been guarded and been taught. John's gospel, chapter 11. It says, Now when Lazarus had said these, uh, when he said uh, these things, he cried with a loud voice. Lazarus come forth and when he and, and he who had died came out bound hand and foot with graven clothes. And his face was whip, uh, was wrapped with a cloth. Jesus said to him, lose him and let him go. What does this mean? You have to be nourished in the word of God. You have to be taught how to overcome sin. Romans chapter eight 6 will say, do you not know, verse 16 onwards. Do you not know that to whom you present yourselves slaves to obey, you are that one's slaves whom you obey. Whether of sin leading to death or of obedience leading to righteousness. And then he says, but God be thanked, though you were once slaves of sin, yet you obeyed from the heart, that form of doctrine. That is the reason why, you know what Jesus says, my food is to do the will of my father. My food is to do the will of my father. Let him go. Nourish him. Nourish. Nourish. Nourish what God has started in your life. Protect what God has st- started in your life. Protect Nourish, protect, nourish. That is the reason why he says in 1st Peter chapter 2, he says, like newborn babes, crave the pure milk of the word of God so, so that you may grow in your salvation. And then he says in 1st Corinthians, Corinthians chapter 3, he says, I do not want to just feed you with milk. I want to feed you with what? Also meat so that you can grow up in your salvation and grow up in righteousness. Guard and nourish what God has started so that when the promises of God come into your life, you know what happens? You'll be able to sustain them and you have the character to sustain what God has started. So impossible is what? Nothing. Hopeless is nothing. But there's eight steps. First, accept your reality. We looked at that. That's exactly what Jairus said. Lord, my name is Jairus, but there is no life in my life. There's no light. I do not have revelation. I've lost touch. Second, shut down all expert advice. Shut down all expert advice. All the advice which will pour water on your faith, shut it down. Third, understand God is not troubled by your repeated coming. Don't give up. God is not troubled by your repeated coming. He loves it when you keep coming to him over and over and over and over again. Third, follow those people who have faith. Follow those people who have faith. That is the reason why Paul says, you have followed me. You have followed my doctrine. You have followed my life. You have followed my persecutions. You have followed me. And he says, yes, all those who seek to God live godly lives in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution. But you followed me, Timothy. You followed me carefully right from the beginning. Follow faith. Follow faith. That is the reason why Paul says, follow me even as I follow Christ. Follow those people who have faith. Make room for God regularly in your life. Depart regularly for god. take time off shut down everything and spend time with god one-on-one one-on-one because god will speak to us because it is just not for pastors and teachers it is for everybody god's god speaks to sixth one cast out all the mockers from your life don't listen to them there'll be a lot of mockers there'll be ishmaels right in your house just give them some time they'll show that they'll show their true colors within 13 years we'll know what ishmael is and who ishmael is Seventh one. Confess along with Jesus. That is the reason why Paul says I believe and therefore I speak. Therefore you also speak after you believe. And finally guard and nourish what God has started in your life. Guard and nourish. Guard and nourish. That resurrected life has to be guarded and nourished. That promise that God has given us has to be guarded and nourished. Has to be guarded and nourished. And this morning This morning, even as we are here in the house of the Lord, impossible is nothing, hopeless is nothing. Hopeless is nothing. Hopeless cases brings God more glory. But one thing, shut down all expert advice. Let me tell you something. This is something you should consciously have to do. And throw out all the mockers, including the mocker in you. And he will bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. Let's all stand up in the presence of the Lord this morning. Twenty second, twenty-third day today. God is a God who is the author, He's a sustainer, and the perfecter of our faith. But Paul says, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. If not anything else, this morning ask God, Lord, grant me a burden for my own soul first. I'm so careless about my own soul, O Lord. I'm more concerned about the things of the flesh, but I care little attention to the things of the spirit. 18 years. That woman with the issue, with the spirit of infirmity, but she never gave up coming to church. She was better than the other woman. She had 12 years, the issue of blood. She had six more years of torture she had to bear. But she did not give up. She was a woman of faith. And she said, Lord, I know I don't trouble you with my repeated coming. I don't trouble you, Lord. In fact, you enjoy my repeated coming. You like it when I come to you over and over again because through my repeated coming, I'm telling I'm serious. It is through the repeated coming, you're telling, Lord, I'm serious about my deliverance. Lord, I pray, Father, for those sisters and brothers who have given up. They may not have a spirit of infirmity in their bodies, but they have a spirit of infirmity in their mind. And not one year, two years, not even 18 years, for 30 years, 40 years, carrying it in their minds and their hearts. But Lord, you see, you're not like the archbishops of this age. You are our heavenly priest. You are a shepherd who is interested in the minutest details of your flock. And I pray, Father, even as pastor prayed in the morning, for any brother or any sister with a spirit of infirmity, a sister and a brother of faith, I pray, Lord Jesus, that your word will go forth and you would heal, Lord. You would deliver, Lord Jesus. You would honor the faith of people with repeated coming. Because coming to you repeatedly is also an act of faith. Because we are saying Lord. Even though I see nothing. Even though the fig tree will not blossom. Even though I don't see any harvest. Yet I will praise. Yet I will seek the face of God. Because he is worthy to be praised. Jesus touch Lord. Touch Lord. Touch, Lord, your people this morning. Let the promise that you have given to us not pass us by. Let us not lean on the arms of experts who will say, don't trouble Jesus anymore. It's a hopeless situation. But Lord, you are repeatedly telling us through every situation, hopeless, impossible is nothing. Lord, your word says the foolishness of God is wiser than men and the weakness of God is stronger than man's strength. Touch Lord. Touch your people. Father, we want to grab this promise that you have given to us with both of our hands, oh Lord. And we want this promise that you have given to us to come to reality in our lives. Let faith arise. Let faith arise in the hearts of your people. For those men and women, O Lord Jesus, this morning, especially men who have no idea as to the condition of the spiritual condition of the flocks that you have entrusted into their hands, I pray that you would open their eyes, O Lord. That you would open the eyes of their heart to see the reality of their spiritual depravity. All they have is intellectual knowledge, but no power. They have no authority, O Lord. And the souls that have been entrusted into their hands have been suffering. But Lord, I pray that you would open. That you would find Jairus. Lord, whom those people whom you have enlightened in the beginning once. Who would say, Lord, there's death in my life. There's death in my family. Can you restore my authority? Lord, I don't want to be like Saul. Who cares too much about the approvals of men. And the positions that God has given us. Given him. Rather than the approval from God. And he lost his power. Pray Lord Jesus. You would find. Jairus. Jairus is here this morning. Who would fall at the feet of Jesus. And who would implore and worship him. And say Lord. Touch. For there is death in my life. I have a reputation. But there is death. I pray Lord Jesus. People will be very careful as to who they follow. That they will follow faith and not sight. They will follow revelation and not intellect. They will follow spirit and not soul. For a soulish man will not be able to understand the things of the Spirit of God for they are spiritually discerned. Because the wisdom of this world is soulish, it is earthly, it is demonic. That we will be willing to cast out every mocker, the mocking spirit in each one of our hearts this morning. And we will confess along with Jesus and we will guard and nourish the promise that you have given to us this year, O Lord. We will guard and nourish it, O Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Touch your people this morning. Your anointing. Let your hand touch. Empower. I pray father for all those who are not well in the body of Christ. Send forth your word and heal them O Lord Jesus this morning. Touch Lord. Let them touch the hem of your garment this morning. By faith O Lord Jesus. By faith O Lord. We send forth your word. And I pray father that everyone who is struggling with an infirmity in their bodies will be released. by By the blood of the lamb. And by the word of their testimony. They will walk. They will overcome. The wiles of the enemy. The condemnation of the evil one. For there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You're a good God. What an awesome God we have. Who visits us with such a tremendous promise. The Kairos movement, I believe, for our church, O Lord. I pray, Lord, none of us will miss it, O Lord. That we will grab it with both of our hands. And we will not look to our circumstances and not look to our own lives and in our own hearts for resources because we have nothing, O Lord. There is nothing good in our flesh, O Lord. We are absolutely bankrupt for you said in your word, blessed are the bankrupt in the spirit for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Thank you, Father. Surrender all of us into your hands even as we go about the rest of the week. Touch us. Lead us. Empower us, strengthen us, and let us walk in the anointing. And let the birds of the air, let not let them not come and steal the word that has been sowed into our hearts. Not just today, on through the days, especially from the beginning of this year, O oh Lord. Father, let the fellowship be seasoned with salt, which only strengthens faith and not bring down faith, O oh Lord. Because you said in your word, those who feared the Lord spoke to one another. And a book of remembrance was written. And I pray, Father, in the book of remembrance that you write about us, you will find words which will edify and not bring down. To that, and I pray that you would bless your children, all of us, O Lord. We thank you, we praise you, we give you glory. For in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of the Father, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit rest and abide with each one of us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. God bless you all. Have a blessed day. Let not the enemy steal the words from your heart from the beginning of this year. warning you all of us, take time out. Make room for God. Take away all commotion from your lives. Remove that commotion. Put all commotion down. Spend time with God. And fight every disease that comes your way. Don't accept it in your body. And say, I will overcome. I will overcome the enemy by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of the testimony. And I will not love my life even unto death. Amen. May the Lord richly bless you. Hallelujah.